Hey guys, it's Alex, and this is episode two of the Tenfold Podcast. Today I'm interviewing my old boss slash best friend, workmate, Ben. We met over three years ago in our corporate jobs and spent pretty much every workday together over the next few years. One thing I remember was Ben telling me once, Alex, you don't even know the real me. You've only seen suit-wearing Ben, but that's not me. The real me wears hippie pants. There's a long-haired, hippie pants-wearing guy under all of this. I love the idea of a hippie pants Ben at home, juxtaposed with the stakeholder meeting suit-wearing Ben, a psychedelic Superman mixed in with a corporate Clark Kent. Earlier this year, Ben and his partner quit their Sydney jobs and moved to Berlin. I can affirm that his hair is longer and the hippie pants are out, at least in spirit. So here's my talk with Ben. I hope you guys get some goodies from it. Okay. Hi, guys. So this is the second episode of the Tenfold Podcast, and we've got Ben here. Uh, say hi, Ben. Hey, guys. <laughs> and um, so where are you from originally, Ben? Uh, so I grew up in Sydney, Australia, on the northern beaches. Lucky, yeah. Mm -hmm. And where are you living now? Um, so about nine months ago, um, my partner and I moved to Berlin um, after traveling around Europe for a few months. So we've been living in Kreuzberg in Berlin for uh, just over six months now. And um, how have you found it so far? Um, it's been really beautiful. I mean, the, I think uh, Berlin's kind of stigmatized in a way. A lot of people, um, especially, you know, in their twenties reduce it to, you know, everyone wears black and everyone, mm -hmm. um, goes night clubbing all the time. And, you know, it's full of, um, you know, drugs and all these kind of crazy alternative, um, subcultures and things, which it absolutely is, you know, but it's, I, we, I think we discovered that there's a lot more to it as well that we didn't really know about before. So, um, awesome. I mean, yeah, the summer when we arrived, um, we arrived right at the start of summer and it was um, really, really stunning. Like the, the leaves and the, the sun, you know, it got, it got much mm -hmm. warmer than we thought it was going to. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we've summer. learned so. Yeah. Yeah. It was proper summer. It was a proper well, yeah, Australian I saw your summer that we used to. Too, with like the lake and yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been wonderful and there's been lots of learning about um, the city and I mean, there's so much history and culture here that, um, yeah, it's been a great experience so far. Okay. Um, and what would you say your life was like before you made this move? What compelled you to make this move? Actually? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I had, um, so I'm, I'm sort of trained in graphic design and I've, I've worked you know, a fairly corporate career for the last 10 years in various mm -hmm. agencies and um, publishers. Um, and I've worked with you a number of times as well. Yes, we did. <laughs> for companies. Ben was uh, actually boss for three years, so. Yeah. And slash best work friend ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, it's just, especially in the, the last uh, probably four years, um, my, my role was a lot more sort of senior and corporate, um, you know, wearing, wearing suits and lots of meetings and that sort of thing, um, very long hours. Um, and that sort of got further and further away from what I really love doing and sort of why I got into design in the first place. Uh, mm. So... And you're um, so creative too. You're, he's an amazing designer. But continue. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, I think that's um, a really important word um, in terms of 
what that sort of trigger in my brain was. I wasn't feeling creatively compelled as much as I probably wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, it was more about sort of discussing um, you know, bottom lines and, you know, all these corporate buzzwords that, you know, people talk about. Well, uh, it's interesting because we've talked about this before privately, but um, with, so Ben was working, we were working at the same company and he just, is a kind of a great all-arounder. So you can throw anything at him and he will succeed at it. And he's a great public speaker and he um, kept getting promoted and just got like bigger and better roles um, going forward and more money and more responsibility and all of this stuff. And they're great opportunities. But it's that idea sometimes that I think with you where it was like, it is this amazing opportunity, but is it the right opportunity for you? Yeah, that's right. I think the um, the, the big the big challenge was that I was being motivated by all these things. And I had a mentor at the time uh, and I still do. We're very close friends. Um, who was my boss at the time uh, who kept, I think we had, we had a really amazing working relationship and he believed in me in any challenge that he was, was sort of thrown by his superiors as well. So we worked together and um, you know, the team kept expanding, which, which made um, more roles above. Um, so we sort of just kept, uh, yeah, as you said, getting, getting promoted into these different opportunities which at the time were um, a no-brainer to take. It made so much sense to yeah, take these roles because I wanted to grow creatively and professionally as well and, and challenge myself to improve. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it, it got to a point where it was so far from where I started because each sort of each small step just takes you further and further away from... It's like getting you know, onto a train that's like a really cool new train, <laughs> not knowing exactly yeah. where the end destination is. Yeah, exactly. And that can go, that can go one of two ways. It can go incredibly well and you can discover something that you didn't even know existed, which I certainly felt like that at certain stops along the way, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, where I discovered, you know, ways I could contribute to these companies that I didn't know that I was capable of or had the skill sets for, and, you know, was taught different things to help, help me do that. But at some stage it got a little bit too far from that, um, where I wasn't really enjoying it anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when did the idea of moving abroad come in, come into play? Well, I've always wanted to move overseas. I knew it was something, you know, when you look back when you're 40, 50 years old, yeah. 60 years old, and, you know, if I knew if I looked back at that age and I hadn't lived in another country for at least 12 months and just had that experience of mm-hmm. waking up every morning and having a routine in another country, um, whether it was, you know, working, even just, you know, knowing the local barista or something, you know, just having that routine <laughs> somewhere else, um, yeah. I would devastated if I didn't do that so I actually remember though um the first time we ever met where you interviewed me for the job you said to me like one of the first things was I want to move to New York and I remember being like oh and then as time went on and we both got so wrapped up in like these amazing like all the amazing stuff that was going on I remember checking in with you like once in a while being like wait are you still moving to New York when is that (laughs) happening so yeah, I love that you, it's not New York, I think it's actually better than New York, but I love that you yeah. did, you did finally do it. It's, yeah, I mean, it couldn't really be that much, it couldn't be much further from New York, to be honest, but yeah, as you <laughs> said, that, that was, that was where I always really wanted to go, was, was to live in Manhattan and have that sort of romanticized ro- Manhattan lifestyle. Like, I love, <laughs> I love big cities and I love being wrapped up in the sort of the chaos of um, places like New York and London, and, um, mm-hmm. those sort of environments. Um but again, I think in line with where my expectations of career changed um, and sort of, you know, being 
a, you know, some sort of professional in Manhattan and, you know, that lifestyle of walking down the street and going to the bars and, you know, all those sort of things in, in the big city, um, the, the dream of living there sort of moved away as well. Um, mm -hmm. And especially since I met Caitlin um, just about three years ago now, and we decided that, you know, we were going to do this together, not just me go by myself and live overseas. Uh, that was a huge motivator to change direction as well um, because we mm -hmm. had to consider what she wanted to do as, as well and, and what, we, what was beneficial to us as a couple as opposed to just uh, what, what I'd always wanted to do, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that was um, – so New York sort of fell off the cards. It didn't want to do the 16-hour days. And, I think Berlin's uh, a lot cooler now too. <laughs> Berlin's <laughs> the new New York, so. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we sort of discussed a lot of different places we could go. Uh, and one of, the, one of the biggest drivers was just to have some a radically different experience as well, not just mm -hmm. sort of transplant ourselves into a new place that, where we would fall into the same habits and the same lifestyle. Shake your so, perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rattle, rattle everything up a little bit, you yeah. know, in, so, when you go to university the first time or you have one of those massive life changes, yeah, definitely. And, you know, everything gets turned upside down and you're like, wow, like everything's bright and colorful again. And you, you sort of, you know what I mean? And so well, they say people who, you know, how, how there's this common thing where people say, oh, high school, or at least in America, they say high school was the best time of my life. Those were the best years. And they remember them so clearly and kind of everything else after that turns into a big blur. Well, they say the reason for that is because that was the last time they had a new experience. And then if you just get into like the whole hum doldrums of the rest of your life and never do anything else new, then you don't remember. So you need those new experiences. It's not because high school was the best. It was just the when your brain was making new neural pathways. And so doing things like moving to another country or even starting a new job, if it's something different, um, creates that kind of freshness in your mind yeah yeah and that's something probably people experience the most is, is a new major life change is getting a new job um and they meet lots of new people and they get challenged in new ways um which is which is really exciting and everyone gets all these endorphins when they start a new job and it's sort of fear <laughs> and excitement and all these things that yeah. hit you all at once but yeah it's, it's exciting and um it's it's kind of strange here because we we haven't gotten jobs um as such but yeah, and, let's, and let's get on to that. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so what are you guys doing now in Berlin? How do you fund your new life? Uh, so as I said, we traveled around for about three months before we actually settled down here. And in that time, we really had no idea what we were going to do. We, we was, we was, you know, brainstormed a lot and, and discussed a lot over, you know. But also, wait, you had you had a certain idea of how things would work when you got to Berlin before you left. And then what you ended up doing was, I think, quite different from what you had anticipated. Yeah. I mean, we, we had lots of ideas about ways that we could make money, I think. And it, I, I've sort of wanted to freelance and, and work with uh, different companies and build up a business, um, where I was sort of, I could, I could be fully remote. Um, mm -hmm. but that's about as far as we got with the planning. And uh, from Caitlin's perspective, she wanted to, um, again, challenge herself by studying again and mm -hmm. um, learning about nutrition, which um, I'm sure we'll talk about more later as well. Yeah. Because that, that sort of changed our um, perspective on health quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, in terms of work and how we were going to fund everything, we, we had sort of loose ideas, but when we were traveling – um, and you know, it was the first time we'd done a trip at that scale and, and that length. 
we realized sort of a lot of the ideas that we had were sort of driven by uh, the way that we were thinking before we left. And it was sort of very money focused and very milestone yeah. driven. Um, <clears throat> when we, when we were traveling, a lot of that sort of, you know, baggage of working before sort of fell away. Um, yeah. and it was sort of your less- preconceived notion or like the bubble, you left your bubble. And when you leave your bubble, you realize that there's a whole other, bu- there's a whole, all these other bubbles you can feed into. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that was one of the biggest realizations we had while we were, you know, after about a month of being overseas when we didn't have, you know, to worry about rent, you know, you know, mm-hmm. paying rent and paying bills and, and get, getting to work on time and the big meeting that's coming up and all those things sort of, that stuff sort of just, that, that little component of your brain stops being used, mm-hmm. I guess, um, so which opens up, you know, all these other ones come into focus. Like we just started to think a lot more about, um, I mean, a lot, a lot of the things that we loved, like um, I got a lot you know, really back into writing and um, drawing and things like that um, that I originally loved doing, but even just ideas about the world, as weird as it sounds, because you're not focused, <laughs> you're not focused on your bubble, so you start thinking yeah. about a lot broadly about what's going on around you, mm-hmm. which I think well, is and you're in a, you're in a literal different world where people think differently, they have different values, they have a different way of doing things. Like mm-hmm. you, I think sometimes you, the things around you inform your thinking and decisions so much more than you even realize until you're in a different place. Yeah. So the thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And so the context changes completely, and and yeah. obviously you're meeting completely new people with different perspectives as well. Um, so that was just a really fascinating, a fascinating setup to um, relocating because we'd already. It's it's not like we came straight from Sydney to here. We had this big buffer in the middle where our brains were already pulled in all these different directions by um, things that we hadn't experienced before. So that was um, that was quite interesting. But mm-hmm. in, so in terms of work, um, right now I am I'm just, I'm just doing the freelance thing. So I'm I'm a user experience consultant for a number of businesses in Australia and Berlin, awesome. uh, and m- most of those clients I've picked up um, through previous working relationships um, and sort of taken them to a, a smaller level, or I'll, or I'll contribute to a larger project um, with the specific skill set that I've built over the last few years. Um, or the ones in Berlin I've just met through, um, you know, networking and word of mouth. Mm-hmm. That's great. Oh, wait, and you and you guys have also started your own business on the yeah, side, so, right? Yeah, so our, our passion project, which takes up most of our time at the moment, is an e-commerce business um, that Caitlin and I run called Cultive. Uh, so it's it's essentially a design business. Um, so we we spend a lot of time designing and and brainstorming ideas that are intended to empower women, and we print those on tote bags and t-shirts and and mugs, um, and and about twenty seven different products. Oh wow! Uh, and it's, yeah, I mean the, all of the all the designs are sort of intended to, um, you know, for women to carry around with them every day and just express their personality in a way that that suits them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the concept is really driven by Caitlin. She's sort of the poster child for the business, but it's something that we both, I guess, it, it feeds both of our creative needs and skill sets really heavily. So it's something that we really love doing every day. And you guys make a great team too. Yeah, we definitely, <laughs> definitely complement. <laughs> um, awesome. And that's cultive.com or? Uh, thecultive.com. Yeah. Thecultive.com. Okay, we'll put that on your on your page after too. 
Um, so what would you say an average day for you looks like? So like we running work, the cultive and doing the freelance work. Yeah, so we, we work together in the apartments. So we work from home. We try to get out to different cafes and co-working spaces where we can as well. Um, we try to start the day every day with yoga or Pilates when we, when we have the motivation to get up early enough. Um, but we also have a stand up together every morning. So just so we can do you, up. yeah, we do. We have a little stand up. Oh, so it sounds so lame, but it actually really helps no, us um, sort of plan the, you know, the, the micro tasks that we need to get done that day. And obviously a lot of the stuff that we do, um, relies on both of us to feed in on the, the task as well. So do you literally that's really stand up and do we do thing? we literally stand up yeah we stand up with our cup of coffee and and go through the tasks and we usually sort of plan in the night before so we um stay really organized we use a um project management tool called asana i don't know if um, oh yeah i've heard asana but, uh, yeah, yeah it's really great and i think it's free it's it's either free or really really cheap but it's a really great uh tool for us to to use especially managing two different businesses and two different sort of client sets and things like that. So, uh, yeah, we sort of just run through those tasks every morning and plan out what each other are going to do for the day. And then we'll often just like regroup on that over dinner or, uh, hang out later in the day and just catch up on, on how it all went. And do you find, do you work more or less than you did before when you were doing the nine to five? I think I, I work a lot more now, but, but that's really, out of complete choice, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. there's an expectation to um, sit and we've set up, we've set up little desks in our apartment as well. So we do each have a little working space that makes it a lot easier to sort of. Yeah. Uh, essential. Definitely. Yeah. No, oh, absolutely. But I think we, we tend to work seven days a week now and mm-hmm. that's purely because if we're, if we're at home then we'll have our laptops open doing something that's, you know, contributing to the business or will be, especially with e-commerce, it's, it's sort of an always on exercise. You're either responding yeah. to customer service or you're processing an order or you're designing new products to go onto the site or doing research about your audience to, you know, make sure you're delivering mm-hmm. on new products that they'll love. Yeah. So do you feel always, like, it's always something okay. to do. It's yeah. Again. Do you feel like you guys are want to find more balance with that or are you okay with the way that that is right now? No, I think we, we actually have a really good balance. And as I said, it's all, it's all really by choice. So I think the only trap you can fall into at the moment in terms of balance is, um, especially as, as a new business, one of the big challenges we've found is that if you're, if we're ever socializing or we're doing something that's not involved with the business, then you can guilt yourself into thinking you should be working on the business. So it's, we've had sort of allow ourselves to switch off from time to time and make sure that we are getting, you know, obviously one socializing, but also really importantly, making the most out of the experience of living here and getting to know the city as well as possible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, what a, okay. So to, for this whole move to happen, et cetera, and like, and wanting to have this adventure, did you have any aha moments or have you actually, like either beforehand or now that you've been there, have, have you had any of those kinds of like extra hits of, of reality or something that's inspired you? Sure. Um, the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the big, obviously the big aha moment was when I finally decided to, to make this move, which as mm-hmm. we you know, said earlier, it's a move that was 
and sort of talked about for so long and wanted to, you know, I've, as you said, I've talked to you about it for five years or something or four years. <laughs> as long as we've known each other, you've known that I wanted to be yeah. overseas. So, but I never actually did it. And I think the aha moment was realizing that my motivation was not where I wanted it to be anymore. And the, the promotions and those sort of things were not, uh, were not the right motivation anymore. And waking up one morning and saying, aha, let's, let's do it today. Let's, let's mm -hmm. start planning. Let's start making every decision about actually moving over there rather than um, every, you know, my brain being completely focused on things that I wasn't enjoying that much anymore. Yeah. So that was the aha moment to actually move. But <laughs> since we, since we got here, every day is is like an aha moment it's because we, we don't speak German very well, and you know we're learning constantly about um, you know the, the way that the German people are and, and how to interact with them as, as well as we can. Um, and then from a, from a business perspective as well, this is the first e-commerce business we've run, so we're constantly learning um, about you know, uh, like cash flow and, and the business structure and especially the technology side as well. Like it's, it's really gratifying when you actually do something or, or you learn something and you put it into action and it works. And we've, yeah. we've sort of experienced that more times than I can count uh, working on this project. So uh, that's, it's yeah, a whole, that's really you have a whole different set of energy. I find when you're working on your own project and a passion project, it, it does give you that ability to work seven days a week and not feel like it's work, right? And and want to always put in those extra hours or have to remind yourself to go to bed. Um. Yeah. yeah, 100%. So there's the energy of, you know, the excitement of the new business. But I think there's also a sense of you, you sort of have to in a way, if you, especially when you're not working and you don't have other revenue streams other than the freelance that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Until the e-commerce business becomes at some level, you know, profitable or there's a little bit of money coming in from that, then it, it's sort of, there is a bit of pressure to, to work on that and grow the business until, um, it, until it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so not just in terms of the business, but what do you consider your biggest challenges now in your, in your life? Um, oh, to think about that one. And if you don't feel like you have any, that's, that's fine too. I mean, the business is a is a good one. I think yeah, most of our challenges are from the business and and learning how to operate it successfully. But yeah. I mean, beyond that, there I mean, there is of course challenges in living in a new city, uh, especially one where you don't speak the language. There's challenges mm -hmm. meeting meeting people um, and building sort of meaningful relationships with people um, in a in a foreign country. I think is a real um, common expat issue. Was it something been, that you were worried about before you came or? Surprisingly, I wasn't. Um, I think because I knew I'd have Caitlin there the whole time. I wasn't too worried about, you know, feeling lonely or, you know, not having those social relationships, but we've, we have been lucky enough to find a great group of friends that we've, we spend a lot of time with and we socialize with. Do you, would you say that they're, um, Germans or like native Germans or native, or are they expats or? Um, mostly expats. There's a couple of Australians, um, Swedes, French, English. So it's a, it's a bit of a mix. No Germans. So unfortunately, we've we've mm -hmm. met lots of Germans, but I think the the big challenge with moving to uh, with sort of meeting locals and and building strong relationships with them is that they already have their friends and their life um, really set up already. So it is sort of much easier to break into expat relationships. I think. And how did you meet a lot of your friends? Um, some of them were were through sort of 
you know, friend dating. I'm not sure if anyone's ever done that before, but just, you know, being referred to by a, a friend of a friend and saying, yeah, you guys yeah. get along so well, you should totally meet up. Um, and some of those were you know, massive disasters as well. And just, you know, no, no interest, Actually, which is just I like normal, no, normal dating. I want you to meet up with. <laughs> no. <laughs> you reminded yeah. me, but yeah. Yeah, connect us up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, but it, it's funny. It is like real dating. Like some of them were total yeah. disasters and, and no interest. <laughs> in. Actually, I find it really funny that the people that, your friends try to connect you up with because I think it's sort of a reflection on who they think yeah. you are as well. If <laughs> they say you're going to love this person <laughs> and you meet them and they're, you know, totally different to you in every way. And there's, you know, yeah. no potential for a, you know, a, a relationship. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. But so we've met a few that way. And, and we also went to things like meetups and we attend a lot of sort of startup and um, tech um, events and, and seminars as well because we've, we've both got a pretty extensive history in that space. So that's kind of interesting to us. But yeah, we've met a few people that way. We've, we've met a lot of Germans um, at, at parties and in clubs and things like that. And you have a great time with them and converse with them. And so you become best friends that night, but then you sort of just never see each other again because it's a weird sort of fleeting, yeah. fleeting experience. But what would yeah, you say is the difference in culture between Australia and Germany from what you've noticed at least? You mean in terms of people or? Um, yeah, yeah. Or I, I guess whatever strikes you the most. I think probably the biggest thing that I've really noticed, and, and there's obviously so many, there's so many big differences between Australian and German culture, but one that always sticks with me is that, and I think that you could almost say this about most European or Western European countries, is they're very uh, sort of down, uh, sub, not subdued, Hang on, let me let me start again. Let me try and think of it. Right. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong word here. Yeah. Um, yeah. They uh, they don't feel the need to exaggerate or be over the top as much as potentially you know Brits and Australians <laughs> and Americans do. So uh, when you're sitting, yeah. talk about North Americans. Sitting, yeah, or Canadians. I feel like that stuff. compared to Australians. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, when you're sitting, and we we sort of notice this over time because. We were sitting at cafes or at a bar or, um, you know, any, any sort of public space and you'd see, a, you could just hear Australians or Brits um, or Americans from 100 metres away, whereas all the Germans would sort of be leaning in, just talking very eloquently and casually. And, um, but I think that that sort of idea just gets applied to so many aspects of um, human interaction here, like even business meetings and, um, you know, going to the grocery store. Yeah, like it's they don't they don't exaggerate and they don't yell. It's sort of a, a very um, I don't I don't want to use the word efficient because we've found that word to be very untrue of um, of the German people. But <laughs> but it's yeah. it's a it's almost like a transactional. You know, you give the amount. Of, the extras. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you give the amount of information that's necessary and the amount of um, emotion that's necessary. Um, you know, jazz fingers. Yes, it's like yeah. we add jazz fingers to everything. Yeah, <laughs> they we do. Don't. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't need the jazz flair. fingers. <laughs> everything has flair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think that's a that's a huge thing. And what I mean, some of the friends that we have here are, are very, um, I mean, like us as well. You know, loud, boisterous at times. You know, especially if you've had a few mm. German beers, um, you can yeah. get a bit boisterous. But the um, so we've, we've sort of had to learn to control that and and sort of be on the same level as everyone else because you don't want to stick out too much. 
So you feel like you found your tribe? In I your think so, yeah. We, we've actually we've really stumbled across a few people that we can't believe how well we fit in with. They're just, you mm-hmm. know, great, great people to go through this experience with. And they, they've only just moved here the same, around the same time as we did. So there yeah, was honestly, a lot of... The people is what makes the experience. That's what I've found, at least, when I've lived mm-hmm. in other places. Um, yeah, it, it makes the experience, I think, especially when you're sharing the, the learning as well. Uh, like, you know, they'll be doing intensive German classes or we'll be, you know, <laughs> do one thing first or they'll do one thing first. And then we, you know, that knowledge sharing becomes a really important part of the, the journey, I think. Yeah. And um, so have you surprised yourself in any way since you've been there? Have you learned anything about yourself that you didn't know before? I wouldn't say I've learned a huge amount about myself. I think the the biggest thing is that I've re-allowed a lot of the things that I didn't before so all of the things beautiful yeah yeah um which I think was a a byproduct I think it was a big motivator in moving in the first place but I wasn't really sure whether that was possible you know because you you Mm -hmm. know you hear about whenever you read or or listen to um anything academic or anything any talks about education that you know they always say what you were talking about earlier as well Alex Mm -hmm. they say that you know you've stopped having new experiences or you stop learning or you stop, um, you know, growing um, when you sort of leave university and people sort of just fall into the work rut and stop um, expanding their knowledge about almost anything because they, mm-hmm. they know what they need to know to survive in a way. Um, yeah. They're on and, autopilot for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to try to re- undo that in a way and see if, you know, you could, um, if, if money would be less important, would all those other things take, you know, come back to the foreground and, um, you know, get that sort of sense of wonder again, as, as you did when you were a teenager and would discover all these things that you now love. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that that was sort of the big, the biggest realization is that it, that can be done. And yeah, we, we try to fill, we, we do a lot of those things now. We, try to you know make things that we didn't make before and and write and do those sort of things which is you've allowed yourself the space to do that um which is amazing and a lot of people don't ever give themselves that opportunity again i think it's hard to prioritize as well when you know when you have a, a job that you either you know love or don't love um, regardless you come home every way and you're you're every day and you're you're tired and you you've given all of your intellectual energy or emotional energy to mm-hmm. to those you know eight or ten hours that you've spent in that place and then you come home and you might just put on Netflix or yeah um, and also when you ha- when you've been living somewhere for a long time and you're established and you've got your friends your family like it's a lot of even though it's beautiful it's also yeah. a lot of obligation and responsibility to see to see them and constantly be connecting and there's something I think about when you're living somewhere new for the first time where you don't have all of that built in. And so you have a lot more time to yourself. Um, that's you that's so before. true. Yeah, not having our friends and family around and especially with the cold coming and, you know, not wanting to go out quite <laughs> so much unless there's a really good reason. Um, I mean, yeah. some, of, some of the friends we have here as well are really excited just to have the um, the, the space and, the, you know, build up their nest for the winter and just sit inside um, for parts mm-hmm. of it and, and just, you know, focus on themselves and, and do what they haven't been able to do for a long time and invest that time in um, what they 
what they love doing. So I don't think we'll we'll ent- entirely do that. We definitely still want to get out as much as possible. Um, it's it's the Christmas market season in Berlin right now, so we're trying to get out to those a little bit Mold and just wine, yeah, yeah, glue, glue vine, glue, yeah, so yeah. exciting. Um, and also, so you've always like I've always considered you a very happy, go lucky, positive person. Um, and we talk a lot on with Tenfold about that idea of a base level of happiness. Uh, do you feel like you've increased your base level of happiness, or how, how like how how does that feel for you? I think yeah. Or, I mean, in general, I, yeah. What's your happiness between what you were like what, six to eight months ago to how you are now? I always think that happiness is is a hard concept to talk about. I, I always think about it more as sort of fulfillment or satisfaction or, or something more like that because you know I, I was always happy at home in, in Sydney I was always happy with you know work was stimulating in a way and you know I had my friends and family and you know being by the beach there was so many elements of, of happiness there everything was was fantastic but being being here is just a totally different experience that gives um, not necessarily more happiness but a lot more opportunity for satisfaction I guess because of the mm-hmm. flexibility that we've managed to, to build in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, yeah, there's more, there's more choice every day that we, you know, we can sort of wake up and say, are we going to work on this? Are we going to work on that? Or maybe today we won't work at all. We'll go out and do, um, you know, have a, have a new experience, go out to the national park or go anywhere, you know? So I think yeah, it's, it's not so much around for me anyway, like a, a base level of happiness. Cause as you say, I've always tried to be fairly happy or I always mm-hmm. at least, you know, have, have that energy, but I think the the choice uh, and the flexibility allows a, a, a really heightened sense of satisfaction because you're constantly choosing things that um, satisfy you as opposed to having to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, hold on. Does that answer the and question? Yes, it does. Sorry. <laughs> getting caught up on other questions that's okay um okay and what about things like uh in yeah in terms of health now that caitlin's studying nutrition and Mm. i because i know you guys went vegetarian or are you vegetarian now so yeah caitlin learned a lot of things in when she was studying nutrition um she still is that we didn't particularly know it's a lot of things that are sort of common knowledge but you don't realize the extent of of those and i'm not going to go into you know all the yeah, all yeah. now but um i mean we learned a lot and it sort of freaked us out a little bit and it was sort of just the perfect time and opportunity to to make a bit of a conscious health change so we went um and and did a bit more research about uh you know what what types of food we could eat and where we could get it and it's it's nothing radical it's just um we're eating yeah more or less sort of about 90% plant based and then just a little bit of meat where it feels appropriate. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. I guess, more about moderating than sort of saying, you know, we're hundred percent vegetarian and we, you know, it's not like an ethical choice necessarily. It's just yeah. about, um, you know, moderating the amount of meat. That have, we you, have you felt a difference in terms of your energy level, your mood, um, and productivity? Mm. Well, en- energy level is definitely higher. Um, the, the most significant changes that I've lost about 15 kilos uh, which wow. I yeah. didn't, didn't think would be. A, a you didn't even part. need to lose. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I wasn't very healthy in Sydney. Like it was, it was yeah. a lot of. Um, I think, but you weren't un, like no one would think 
oh, that that person needs to change. And I don't mean in term, yeah. like in terms of your even your health habits. Like you're just you like to go to the pub sometimes. You like, <laughs> like the chicken shitty once in a while. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the so, thing. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't sort of once in a while. It was probably just too it was too regular. Um, so it was mm-hmm. I think just really looking a bit looking at what um, our consumption behavior was and, and when we were choosing to eat unhealthy foods and um, because again we were working a lot we would just get takeout or we would um, you know go out to dinner because you know we had the money to go out to dinner all the time um, I guess now again because we work at home as well we, we cook at home all the time we cook at home sometimes twice a day often twice a day so we end up going to the you know fresh produce markets we're lucky to live in a place where there's markets just constantly around us like the food markets and things so yeah, we, um, awesome. that's sort of become a part of our, um, not daily routine, but you know, a couple of times a week, we'll go down and buy our fruit and veggies and come home and cook it up. And, um, I think it's, yeah, just a lot more attention on what, what types of food we're eating and, and what it's actually doing rather than just yeah. eating whatever's available and sort of giving into our base sort of craving for Chinese food or pizza mm-hmm. or, or that's. Well, and yeah. cooking for yourself is considered an act of love too, if you oh, yeah. give yourself the time too. <laughs> Caitlin hates it when I cook because I spend about two hours in there, sort of pedantically <laughs> cutting everything to the perfect, perfect uh, portion size. And like oh, to me, to me, it's like a, a an art form. Like I love cooking. Oh, I bet so much. Your delicious, though. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm not even a great cook. I just put so much effort into the process. I love yeah. the, the process. Yeah. Yeah. There's something really meditative about it too, I think. I find it very therapeutic, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like close the door and just like close myself into the, <laughs> in the kitchen for a couple of hours and just put some music on. It's, yeah, it's great. Wait, what kind of music do you listen to when you are cooking? Um, I can't answer that question. I have no idea. It's always, <laughs> just, it's very, very eclectic. Sometimes it's like heavy metal or sometimes it's like electronic music or yeah, it's, it's always yeah. mixed. Do you feel like you're infusing the food that you make with that energy <laughs> <laughs> with your heavy metal? Probably say that, yeah. It's probably more the intensity of the, you know chopping the onions, the carrots, or something. Yeah, yeah. Different portion sizes. <laughs> um, okay, and so what do you think, or do you know what the best piece of advice someone has given you is? Um, I think it may have even been you, or it was someone. Nice. Um, the last couple of years. <laughs> Um, I can't remember it word for word, but it's definitely something I live by, um, which is your energy is contagious. So the, the end, the idea of the energy that you give off, um, you know, whether it's happy or sad or, you know, irritated or, you know, whatever you're projecting really affects everyone around you. And that's what you get back. I think. Mm-hmm. It's a boomerang, an Australian boomerang. <laughs> yeah, <the> boomerang. <laughs> um, and what is next for you in this adventure? Continue. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, up in, we do have an end date now in Berlin. Um, we've mm-hmm. been talking with our realtor and sort of looking at our options visa wise. And we, we can potentially stay here longer um, if we go on to freelance visas. But I think we, we're, we're probably realistically looking to leave Berlin mid next year in about July or August. Um, so we get, you know, half of the next summer and then, um, the plan is to move to Mexico after that. Mexico, Mexico. Mexico, yeah. <laughs> so in fact, today, oh, we are, we are doing, <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, today we are doing, in fact, our very first Spanish lesson um, with a oh, with a okay. Mexican twist, so that we can, um, yeah, have have a slightly better linguistic experience than we have in Berlin. Um, so we, we'll have about nine months to get our Spanish um, to to a certain level before before we get there. Well, Spanish is such a great language, too. Yeah, um, we found German's very hard to learn, but I mean, everyone already knows a bit of Spanish. You know, they've just picked up. Yeah, exactly. Very, so yeah, I think um, yeah. So today's our first lesson, and hopefully um, that that sticks a little better than German has. That's great. Um, and so, to anyone else who is looking for a change in their life or trying to switch, yeah, just trying to switch things around, I guess, what is the best piece of advice you would give them? Oh, that's a tough one. So. When when we were traveling, I think you know, saying that the you know the baggage from the previous life sort of fell away after about a month. I think the mm -hmm. the big thing that we started to um, live by while we were traveling was just doing what what you want to do when the idea pops into your head, and not saying you know I'll do it later or I'll I'll do it the next time the opportunity comes up because often that just doesn't happen, um, mm -hmm. or you you sort of lose that motivation to do the thing that you're thinking about, whether it's um, I don't know, going out and meeting up with a, a friend that you haven't seen in a long time or um, taking a, a, I don't know, any, any sort of experience that you might have. Mm -hmm. If you, I think that was, that was something that really pushed us to, to accelerate our plans here was to just do it exactly when we decided to do it, you know, rather than prolong the, the decision-making process. Yeah. Well, actually, one of the things I talked about with Ruth in the first podcast that we did was that idea that if something, if there's something that you want to do, like when you wanted to move abroad, it, it doesn't actually end up leaving you. It, so you can push it down or push it away, but it will keep coming back. And then yeah. it just gets harder and harder to to take that leap, I think, later. So it, it, it is always better to just like kind of grab the bull by the horns and go, if you can. Yeah, and I think yeah, the, the easiest way to start is to just make small steps towards that goal as well. Like we always try to, um, you know, if, we, if there's something we really want to achieve, then we try to focus all of the decisions that we make towards towards reaching that goal in a way even if they're just tiny little actions that help you get there um mm -hmm. but yeah i think the the biggest thing that that we've the biggest sort of mind shift that we've tried to um tried to implement in our lives is just to do things straight away um even like chores around the house you know like just everything mm -hmm. just do it do it when it should be done and do it as soon as you can and then it, then it's done and then you're you're on your way to the next thing would you say that's a little bit of German um, efficiency? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've created your own German efficiency? <laughs> Maybe. They do have a concept here called the German complement, which we've learned about, which is um, the idea is that if you do things the way that they're meant to be done, then you shouldn't need a thank you or a congratulations <laughs> because that's the way it should be done. You only hear, you only hear feedback if you do something badly. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Explains a lot too. But um, I don't know. It's, it's nice. It's nice to feel, you know, rewarded as well. And so, you know, yeah, it's nice, you nice to hear congratulations as well. Coddling environment. Yeah, no, um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And to end off, um, is there a motto that you currently live by? I guess you kind of just said it, right? Yeah, that's kind of it. I, I don't think there's any, any other ones. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think that's really good. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, Ben. That was awesome. No problem. As always. And Great I to hope chat. You have a <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, we'll do another chat privately, I guess, soon. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. Was Thanks, great. Alex. So put your stuff up on the page and let you know when. Okay, and say hi to Caitlin. I will. Okay. Speak soon. Bye.